Good morning. You know, I am somewhat uncomfortable being called Reverend or Bernie, or, or Reverend or Pastor. No offense to this, but let me tell you why, though. And it has to do with the story that you're writing. You see, the story that you're writing is very, very important, not only to yourself, but to other people. And, and uh, the first funeral that I ever did, I got done with this, the service, and a lady came up to me at the end of the service, and she said, you're a pastor? And I said, yeah. She said, you're the first real one I've ever met. And you know, that was so impressive to me because I want to be real. I don't, I don't want, that's what I don't like about titles, you know, and I don't, don't misunderstand that. I know they have their places, but Jesus was, a, was the man for every man and every woman. And he didn't have heirs. He didn't have, you know, all the stuff that traps people. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about the story that you're writing. I don't know about you, but life sometimes throws us curves. You ever get up and you wonder, how did I ever get here? How did I I ever get here in this place that I find myself in life? I was thinking about younger people today with social media and how social media can devastate people. The things that can be said on social media can kill reputations, can destroy hearts. And yet God is trying to write a story in our lives. And it's a story of redemption. It's a story of hope. It's a story of purpose. You're going to be doing a a class on forgiveness and Right, I forget what all that it was. And I was thinking about that because one of the questions that I have when I'm working with people that have been hurt, that have experienced difficult things in their lives, my question is very simple. Is this happening to you or for you? Because your view of it will affect how its outcome will be. And when I look at a verse like this, we know this verse, right? For all things work together. No, that's Romans eight twenty eight. I'm sorry. I have that one in my head. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now look, when, when God said that, the people were in Babylon. They were in a place of despair, of hopelessness, of difficulty, of trouble. And in the midst of that, God is saying, look beyond your circumstances and look to the plan that I have for you. Because the plan that I have is good in spite of what you're seeing in the moment. <coughs> I'm trying something new. Let's see how it works. I, I, I don't know if you noticed, I put my iPad down. Because you have all these screens now. I'm like, I'd like to be able to see what's coming next on my notes, but I, but I can't and that's okay because I'll just wing it. But seriously, we look at the events of our lives and sometimes they're devastating. I've had church experiences that have devastated me and I've gone, Lord, what are you doing? But I can tell you, looking back at them, is that they were blessings in disguise. 
Why? Because they were stepping stones to where God wanted me to get. And so the whole idea of the story that I'm, that I'm living out in my life, I want the story to be God's story. Of God's story of deliverance, of God's story of purpose, of God's story and His plan. <coughs> I have children. Pray for me. No. <coughs> you know, my name is Bernie, by the way, in case you didn't know who it was, but my name is Bernie. I, have, I am married. I have three daughters. I have, I don't remember, 12 grandchildren, 13 great-grandchildren, or will have next month. 13th one, they're surpassing. You know, does that make me old? Oh, you better believe it. It really makes me old. But you know, my daughters, my, particularly my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter, have plans for me. They have plans as to where I should live. Some of you older people get that because it's like they want you close. Some of you younger people go, yeah, I want my dad and mom close too. I don't believe that it's for my benefit, it's for their benefit. It's so if something happens in the middle of the night, they can take care of it. Instead of having to drive from St. Mary's to Dubois. Or in my oldest daughter's case, from either upstate New York or Georgia, depending on where she is at this, any given time. And my, young, my oldest daughter, the church that she attends in, in New York State... This spring, the senior, the pastor, he's just the lone pastor, got up and, and said, I have one announcement. Be great, right, if the church only had one announcement. I have one announcement. And he said, I resign. And he walked out the door. <laughs> now think about this. You're sitting in there as a, as, a, as, a, as a member of that church, and the pastor says, I resign, and he walks out. And you go, oh, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, and they are good. (laughs) They don't feel too good right now. Because sometimes the things that happen in our lives are not fun. They're difficult. They're not easy. And I can tell you that as a person who lives on this side of, of the life, on the winter side of life, I've gone through a lot of things that were extremely difficult. A lot of things that were painful. But I understand that even in that, God had a plan. I love Romans 8, 28 that says, For all we know that all things work together for good. To them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, for whom he did know he also predestined. And so, when we look at this idea of I know the plans that I have for you. We must understand the context in which that verse came out of. And that came out of while the Israelites were in bondage. They were in slavery. The other thing I want you to note about that verse is that it was was not just one or two people. It was the whole nation of Israel. And the only deliverer that they had was God himself. And so the, the individual was going to, to experience that along with the nation. Throughout the scriptures, God's plan is intersecting 
with the lives of people. You see, God has a plan. You may not understand the plan, but he has a plan. It's like me saying to you, I got a plan for your life and it's good and you'll really enjoy it, but there will be times you'll hate it. How many want to get on board with me and go with there? It's like, ah, no, I don't think so. But you see, your story is so, so important to the plan of God. Because your story, your story is a story about God. That's why I think it's so important to look at situations as whether or not they are happening to me or for me. Because if they're happening to me, I'm a victim. If they're happening for me, I'm no longer a victim. Because I'm going to take the power that's being used to draw me down and rise my, and be raised up because of it. How do I know that? Because if, if I were to give you the story of my life and the things that I've experienced in life, the things that were quote-unquote done to me, where God has redeemed those things to be used for me, you'd go, wow. So I can rise above that. Yeah, you can rise above anything. You have to choose to. But part of it is I must understand that God's plan is going to intersect with my plan, with my life. And it's okay. It's okay. Does he have a plan for you? The answer to that is yes. The question is, where do you fit into it? That part of it is what you have to learn as you're going. As I was driving over here, I came down Route 80 from Dubois, and, and I, in the fog, I could see these red and blue lights flashing on the, other, on the westbound side. And as I got closer, I looked, and there was a car in the medium. And, and he had gone down over the hill and up the other side and back down. And, and I'm thinking, I bet you he didn't plan that. Life happens that way, doesn't it? One moment, you're doing well, and then the next moment, boom, the bottom drops out. I was thinking of that particular guy or, or girl. I don't know what it was, but I was thinking, maybe they fell asleep. You ever fallen asleep at the wheel and wake up in the cornfield and, and you don't even know where you are? I've had that happen. Driving down the road and all of a sudden I'm off the road. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's forward, what's behind, what, whether I'm upside down or nothing. That's the way life is, isn't it? You go to the doctors, you get, a, you get back the test report and it's not good. What do you do? Does God have a plan for you? Yes. So how are you going to fit into it? That's your choice. You have to choose to. I was talking to one of the guys earlier, and I was saying that, that in, in, I, can, I can remember four different churches that I've been involved in that something difficult happened at. And, and my life was dramatically changed. In one, in one, I'll tell you, one of them, my... My wife and I were going through some trouble and I, I wanted to take some time off to really focus on our marriage. Good thing, right? I mean, you'd think that was a good thing to do. And so I'd gone into the senior pastor. I asked, I said, I'd like to have a little leave of absence so I can go take care of this. No problem, he said, go for it. It was a Wednesday. That night, Wednesday evening, we're in Wednesday evening service and he got up and announced that I had resigned. And my wife said, you what? I said, I, I, I didn't know I did that. 
I can tell you it didn't make my marriage better. And I was suddenly without a job. But do you know what? I, don't, I can tell you now that God used that for something better. But in the moment, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What am I going to do now? I don't even have a job anymore. But God had a plan, you see. And what I've come to understand is, is that I need to trust in the one who has the plan and not in the one who thinks he does. This one. My oldest daughter, she got a phone call from one of her sons. And he said, Mom, Victoria's pregnant. Well, that wouldn't be too bad except they, Victoria and Kevin weren't married. And my daughter came to me because I happened to be in Georgia with her. And she goes, Dad, where did I fail? What did I do wrong? Isn't that often typical about how we respond to problems? We own it. It's like I did something wrong. I said, you didn't do anything wrong. Your son made a bad choice. Your future daughter-in-law, in fact, we drove, we got in the car that week and drove back to New York and I did a wedding. My son-in-law did not have a shotgun with him, but, you know, they are now, that's the ones that are having their third in September. Why? Because, you see, all things do work out for good. They do. God had a plan in it. God has used it. And she has been one of the best daughter-in-laws and granddaughters, I could just call her my granddaughter, than you could imagine. Another granddaughter lost her baby. And some of you know what that's like. And we talked about it one day and, and I said, you know, Danielle, God wants to use your story because there's others that are experienced and have experienced the same thing and they need hope. And she has started a, 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 a group for women in the area that she's living in. And it's getting wide usage. Why? Because she's taking her struggle, her pain, and turning it. See, God has a plan. In Genesis 1.26, God said, "For let us make man in our own image to be like us. In other words, we're created with a purpose. You're not junk. God didn't make a mistake. He's got a plan. Even in the mess of your life, he's got a plan. And the point is, is that God has called us to walk in the purpose of that. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I go two steps forward and three steps back. Can you relate to that? (laughs) I'm not perfect. Trust me, I am not perfect on this. I told you, my daughters want me to move, particularly my youngest daughter. So we have been looking at houses up in St. Mary's and Kersey. I I live, uh, where I, I live, I have an acre of land. I got elbow room. I, I, I have about 2,000 square feet. I got, I got elbow room from me and my wife. I can go out one door and she can't find me. And it's sort of comical because she will. She, she has sent me a text message, where are you? Because she saw me go through the living room and she comes back to the bedroom and I'm not there. 
Because I've gone out through the bedroom, out through another room, <coughs> and out another door, and gone outside. And so I've talked to my children and my great-grandchildren, my, or my grandchildren, and said, listen, you know, I understand why you want me where you want me. But I, I need to be where God wants me. And where God wants me right now is where I'm at. And I know that. I know that. Because God's not done with me yet. <laughs> Sometimes I wish he was. <laughs> you know? But my sister, my oldest sister said, Bernie, how long have you been retired? I said, six years. And she goes, and what are you doing? And I listed different things I was doing. And she goes, yeah, you failed. Right now I'm considering being an interim pastor at a church. Not because I want to, but because I feel that God is asking me to do that to help them turn around from death. And I don't know. I don't, it's not an alliance church, and I don't know how it's going to work, but I have a meeting. You can pray for me. 7 o'clock tomorrow morning I have a meeting, and part of what I want to do is present that, what my plan would be. Because I'm not going to be just there just to preach and to do their administrative stuff. You see, we're created for a purpose. And your story, your story of your journey through life is so, so important. So whatever you're going through now at this point in life, you must remember that God has a plan, even in that. Even in that. Look at Saul. Samuel said, Saul, the Lord has said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. God specifically picked Saul to lead his people. Now, can you imagine, I don't remember how old Saul was at that time, but he wasn't that old. But I don't believe that he grew up thinking that he was going to be the king. In fact, if you know from Judges, that they, they were like, God said, you don't need a king. Oh, yeah, we do. We need a king. We want to be like the other people. Wasn't the best idea for him. And so God said, okay, I'll give you Saul. Saul was created for a purpose. The problem is, is that it went to his head. If you read the story and the, and the life of Saul, it wasn't a good one. So guess what happened? God then chose David. The Lord has done just as he said he would. He has taken the kingdom from you and given it to your rival David. See, David was called of God to lead his people. And again, if you know the story of David, David struggled with that calling. It wasn't an easy calling. And if you look at David's life, there's lots of things about David's life that he was a failure at. But one of the things that we know is that David had a heart after God. So even in his failings, he had victory. Read the Psalms. So many of the Psalms are written by David. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was written by who? David. Why? Because in the midst of trial, in the midst of struggle, he felt alone. But you see, God still had a plan. He still had a plan. Through the ancestry of David, Jesus would come. What you don't know is that your child may be the next Billy Graham. You don't know that. Your next child may be the president. Or the husband or wife of a president. 
you see, there's a story being told. The story being told of you and your life. The question is, what kind of a story are you writing? So you have the power. You have the power to write the story. I believe that the greatest problem that we have in the church today is that we're not telling our story. Some of you, by the way, just to refresh, I didn't come to Christ until I was 33. I didn't grow up in a, in a evangelical church. I didn't grow up in a Bible-believing church. I mean, they had the Bible, but I wouldn't say they, you know, it was just whatever they did there. So I didn't come to Christ until I was 33. And so there was a lot of things in the, this kind of a church that I was, I'd never experienced before. But one of the things that I loved were testimonies. Why? Because they told the story of the working of God in the person's life. We have a hymn, I love to tell the story. And I don't know the rest of it, but you do. Why? Because the story of God in your life is so important to those people around you. I walked into Walmart one day, and, and I was looking for locks. And, and I went to the, and maybe I've shared this before, but I went back, and I'm looking for them, I can't find them. And I said to the person that was there, the worker, I said, <coughs> I'm looking for locks. Could you show me? And yes, they're right around here, and they took me over in the corner, and they were down there, and I got one. And I said, do you read my article? She goes, what article? I said, every Friday there's an article in the paper. And this week I wrote about the things that we do that we think will make us happy that turn into disasters. And she started to cry. She goes, who told you to come and talk to me? God. Because that's the only answer I had. I mean, I just said what I said, and I didn't expect anything to come back and something. And so what had happened was she left her husband for a guy because she thought it was going to be so much better. And after three weeks, it was worse. And she wound up coming to church and giving her life to Christ, and her husband did, and, you know. But you see, what you don't know is you're, you're running to Walmart later today to pick up some stuff for dinner, and, and, but you think you're going in for that, and God has someone there for you to speak to that needs to hear your story. He needs to hear something that you have to tell them. And I have seen that happen often every, I mean, it's like all the time. Why? Because people are thinking about their story versus what they are doing in the moment, that God has a plan for them, even in Walmart, even in Lowe's, even at Sheets, wherever you're going, God has a plan there. I've talked to people on the other side of the, the pump and gotten to share my story of Christ, of how God's worked. Why? Because it's so important, because God calls you individually to do things. Look at the disciples. The disciples were called. Who, who did that for me? We should, it didn't fit the screen the last time. You, you did it? You're just taking credit. Yeah. <laughs> the disciples were said, come, follow me. You can't follow anyone without, giving, without leaving something. And what they were saying was, come, leave your old life and follow me into this new way. Oh, but, but I like my life of electronics. I do like electronics. But God says, leave that. Follow me. And so the disciples were individually called. John was called. Peter was called. All of those guys were called to leave what they were, where they were to go into a new place. I don't know about you, but 
Have you ever felt God's calling you to leave where you're at and you have no idea what that's going to mean? It's an exciting thing. My wife will tell you that one of the best vacations we ever had was a vacation that we had no destination. We got in the car and drove. And where we stopped for the night is where we stopped for the night. And where we stopped in between was just where we stopped in between. And she will tell you even today it was the best vacation we ever had. Because we just let God do it. We just said, God, you lead us today. God, you want us to stop somewhere? You, you just cause us to stop there. God called the disciples. He picked them. See, God's picked you. And I don't care whether you're here or you're listening on a podcast or wherever you are that you might be listening to this. God has a plan. And it's not just about what you're doing right now. It's something far greater than that. Even Jerusalem was called, remember, over Jerusalem, the Lord has chosen Zion. He chose Jerusalem to be his dwelling place. The prophet Joel says, So you shall know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy. You ever wonder what God's plan for Kerwinsville Alliance Church is? It's not about you, it's about his kingdom. It's not about your comfort, it's about the people he's called here. There's a message, well not a message, but the Lord's Prayer, and you all know the Lord's Prayer. And one of the things that I believe is that the Lord's Prayer is not to be said, but it's a recipe to be followed. In other words, if you have an apple pie, you don't take all the ingredients and just throw them into a bowl. There's a recipe to follow. And you, and you take different, you take each step, and each step you add to the next, and to the next, and to the next, until finally you get a pie. And the Lord's Prayer, I believe, is about a recipe. Our Father, who which art in heaven, that's where my daddy is. My Father's in heaven. He watches over us. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, thank you that you are my healer. Thank you that you are my coming king. Thank you that you're my provider. Why? Why do I believe that? Because one of the things that I believe is that God has called us that his kingdom would come over our lives and that his will would be done over our lives. And so one of the ways that I like to pray is, Lord, let your kingdom come over the people in our community. Those that don't know you, I know that your will is for them to come to you, to be saved. And so, Father, bring them in. From the north, the south, and the east, and the west, bring them in. I've prayed this, and I remember the church I was on staff with, Pastor, senior pastor said, I don't know where all these visitors are coming from. And my wife and I looked at each other and laughed. We're praying them in. What do you mean you're praying them in? Well, from the north, and the south, and the east, and the west, we're just praying that they come, and they hear the word, and they, get, they come to Christ, and... And, and we were growing. And he goes, that's just crazy. It was happening. I mean, what is prayer about? What is faith about? Believing that which is not seen? Not everyone will understand your journey. Get that. Not everyone is going to understand your journey or your response to your journey. It's okay. It's your journey. It's not theirs. If I've learned one thing, I don't have to live my life 
in accordance with anyone's plan except God's. It's his plan. And the one that I have to please is him and not everyone else. And one of my greater struggles in life is making every pe- other people happy. Seriously. Do you know how that works? Some of you know, because you've been trying it all your life, and it doesn't work for you either. You can't make everyone happy, and yet I've worked at that really, really hard. Because if everyone else was happy, my life was a little bit better, I thought. Not everyone's going to understand the direction you're going in. It's okay. Go in that direction anyway. It's your life. It's what God has called you to do. When I left the... when I. I left a job in New York State to come to Pennsylvania and I, and I, you know, I had to give a four-week notice and I can remember that my co-workers were saying, you're nuts. Why are you leaving? I said, I'm leaving because God wants me to move to Pennsylvania. Well, that's just, are you kidding me? I said, no, I'm not kidding you. I just know what I need to do and I know you won't understand that, but that's what I have to do. It's been a great journey and it was the right decision. So what is the story of your life reflecting? That's the question. What is the story of my life reflecting? Am I reflecting a life of faith? Or am I reflecting a life of doubt? Of fear? What story are you telling? You see, it's so important because someone needs to hear your story. I shared with a lady one day that I said she she has gone through cancer and she's out of cancer. And I said, you know, someone needs to hear your story of that journey because they're in the middle of it and they can't see the end of it. My older brother is staying with us right now. He's leaving tomorrow to, to uh, go to Hagerstown, Maryland and then on to my, brother, my other brother in Fredericksburg. And... He's stopping to see a, a lady whom he knows, my brother's 75, and this lady is a friend. That's all it is, is a friend. And she was going through chemo 24-7. She was in the hospital going through chemo, and he sat at the edge, at the, next to her bed for, for a week as she went through that. And she said, why are you here? And he said, because you need a friend. It's all. It's all. She had no one else to sit with her through those days, those struggles. And when she went back home and and she was violently sick, he was there to help clean up after her. And he has shared a couple things about, he says, it's no relationship. She's just a friend that needed someone. You see, it's the story of God in your life. The question is, what story are you telling? I don't know how well you can see that, but you know, mom says to Billy, take this mail and run it out to the postman. And you can see his tracks all through the house. Oh, it's too late, mom, I missed him. Because he went everywhere except where he was supposed to go. Can you relate to that? But let me tell you something about this story. One of the things that I think is that we often look at the command that we're given 
And we want to go in a straight line to the place that we are told to go. But what we don't understand is, is that all the little side journeys that we have along the way are purposeful in our experience and in our life. In other words, you think that the detour that God takes you because of an event in your life that takes you and stops you from moving in down there is an interruption. No, it's part of God's plan. The best way that I can relate it, and I've related it before, is it's like sailing. Sailing is never about going in a straight line to a specific point. It's about tacking. It's about going over there and over there and over there and over there and finally getting to your destination. I have only in one incident been able to do a 14-mile tack. In the Long Island Sound, I was able to go 14 miles without turning. I had to bypass my destination, though, because I had to get past it in order to get back to it. And you see, life is that way. And it's okay because it's part of the journey. So here's the thing. Here's the prayer. Here is what I'm asking you to do. Take this prayer from, this, this, just this from Psalm 25.4. And make it your prayer every morning. Show me the right path, O Lord, Lord, pulling out the road for me to follow today. Today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today. I think you could pray this as you're going into Walmart. I have a friend of mine, of, of mine that, that uh, when it's not unusual is to go into Walmart and find her sitting on the floor praying with someone because she recognizes that God has her there for other reasons. I, I've gotten to, to know so many people, the workers in Lowe's and Walmart, because I go in and I talk to them and I strike a conversation up. Why? Because I understand that God has a plan and a purpose. And part of our plan, his plan and purpose is for us to tell our story. What's God done in your life today? Tell the story of that. Someone needs to hear that. And as you practice doing that, you'll get, you hone in on the Spirit of God and where he wants you to tell that at different times. I wonder what would happen in our lives if we started praying that simple prayer. Lord, show me the right path today. Point out the road that I am to follow today. Let's pray. Father, you have a plan. And your plan is good. And it's perfect. And Lord, the interruptions that we think are coming into our lives are being used by you to get us to the place that you want us to be in. And so often, Lord, we fight that. We, we kick, we, we struggle with those things. But Lord, I want to be one who will lean into you and trust you that even in the storm, there's a greater purpose. And though I may not see it in the moment, I will be able to look back and see what your hand has done when mine couldn't do anything. In Jesus' name, amen.